Hello, Internet friend. I'm David Ravel, and this is ValueSide for Friday, October 20. For all of our articles and podcasts, visit valueside.com. Well, today, how Washington's economic policies are leading to a credit crunch. <laughs> this is the story of a finely tuned machine, an economic machine that is as delicate and precise as a Swiss watch. It's the American economy, and it is perhaps the most complicated social organization ever created. Using sophisticated computer models, this American economy was able to source raw materials and finished products from around the globe, offering the finest products at the cheapest prices for consumers here in the United States. Oil from Saudi Arabia, televisions from Japan, iPhones from China, automobiles from Germany. Now, there has never been anything like it in history. Each component of this well-oiled machine must operate in complete harmony, lest deliveries would be delayed and unhappy customers would wait needlessly for their deliveries. It was a global operation that we called simply the supply chain. Now, in order for the supply chain to function, it must have inexpensive financing, a cross-border payment system, perfect communication along the entire line, and cooperative government tariffs and customs. So perfect was this global system that it has become nearly invisible. Remarkably, almost no one who uses the global supply chain fully appreciates all the elements involved. It seldom occurs to customers that those televisions on the Walmart shelves come from Japan or that Apple iPhones come from China. We simply took it all for granted. After all, that's how Americans live most of our lives, taking things for granted. That the lights come on every day? Taken for granted. That there's gas to fill up our car? Taken for granted. Food to eat, clean water to drink, ditto, and so on and so on. While this wasn't a perfect system from an operational perspective, it was pretty darn close. A well-ordered economy operating as close to optimally as had ever been achieved. Managing that economy required a delicate touch, someone who understood the contributions of the critical components to make the entire system work, someone who appreciated that it took vast quantities of inexpensive energy to connect those supply chains, the oil to power those mega cargo ships and so on, and energy to light those computer server farms. Someone who understood that much of this infrastructure was built with borrowed funds, the loans and bonds used to construct the buildings and purchase the ships and so on. And finally, someone who appreciated that all this was built by the intellect, labor, and imagination of free people trying to build a better world. Unfortunately, on January 20th, 2021, we got someone who did not possess any of those attributes, an ideologue who sought to reform what he saw as a hopelessly decadent system. Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. was sworn in as the 46th President of the United States, and on his very first day in office, he started to change everything, taking a sledgehammer to our delicately run economic system. Biden immediately changed our energy component, canceling the Keystone Pipeline, declaring that he would outlaw all fossil fuels. Out went the inexpensive supply chain, 
Gone was the inexpensive fuel used to power those ships from China and around the world. Gone were the low gasoline prices. And as the Bureau of Labor Statistics notes, a new phenomenon began, inflation. For the first year of this new revived inflation, the number one component was energy. Today, those higher inflation-generating energy costs have filtered throughout the economy. But we need to remember it all began with that Biden-induced hike in energy costs. Of course, Washington does everything possible to never connect those two dots, energy and inflation. We are to believe that our nation's public policies are always positive, that Washington, or heaven forbid, a president, would never actually cause, say, inflation, but the results speak for themselves. Like one bad turn that leads to another, rather than addressing our growing energy problems, Washington chose to fight the inflation monster. Although he was reluctant at first, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell and the rest of the crew down at the Eccles Building signed on to the inflation battle, after Powell had a sit-down meeting with the big guy. So the Fed went from inflation as transitory to the most austere inflation fighters of all time. Here is a little math puzzle that you may not know. When interest rates rise from one quarter percent, where they were when Biden became the president, to today's five and a quarter percent, that is a rise of 2,000 percent. On a $2,000 loan that you and I might borrow, the interest charge last year was $5. Today, the interest charge is $100. But the interest differential for businesses, which borrow much larger amounts, is even more dramatic. The interest charge on a $2 million loan was just $5,000 last year. Not a big deal. This year, that same $2 million loan, the interest charge is $105,000, an expense that would be hard to meet for any company suffering from poor cash flow. Of course, no discussion of the current economy would be complete without mention of the COVID-19 pandemic and the devastating second quarter of 2020. This historic decline was unmatched in our history. During that quarter, our economic production, our GDP, fell farther and faster than at any other time, even during the Great Depression of the 1930s. Now, it's no exaggeration to say that the pandemic and its associated economic lockdown was the equivalent of a major natural disaster or even a war. The best analogy I can think of would be of a small town that burnt to the ground. Imagine for a moment what that town might need. They would need lumber and other building supplies to rebuild, also financing to help them purchase new supplies and tide them through the downtime, some provision for food and temporary shelter, and just the sort of support that the Red Cross provides after a tragedy. If instead the Red Cross dropped by, gave everyone a check, and left, we wouldn't think much of that kind of a recovery program. Yet that's just what this government did. They gave us all a stimulus check and left. The result was that we all suffered through the supply chain interruptions. The person in charge of that issue, Pete Buttigieg, actually took time off to welcome a new baby. Apparently, 
supply chain recovery was not seen as a priority for the Secretary of Transportation. Unfortunately, that inability to see the need for continued support has been a characteristic of this administration. In the year and a half following the pandemic, Americans have seen continued high energy costs as well as higher interest expenses. So during the time that supply chains needed to be rebuilt and reestablished, they had to deal with higher shipping expenses, that's energy, and higher financing expenses, that's interest rates. Not an ideal environment for a recovery. So the results have been predictable. Since Biden's inauguration in January of 2021, the country's real gross domestic income, the GDI, has not improved an inch. For nearly three years, our combined incomes, after accounting for inflation, have been flat. Put another way, there has been no recovery. But there have been higher interest rates, and it's this combination that is leading us towards a credit crunch, a time when sufficient numbers of people will not be able to meet their monthly payments, and the overall economy will fall into recession. It's likely that you're already seeing signs of a credit recession in your neighborhood. Look for small shops going out of business, people turning back those expensive leased automobiles, luxury items like boats and RVs going up for sale. They're all signs that money is getting tight. People can no longer afford life's little extras. It's back to the basics for many, and the results will be fewer sales, and a general decline in business activity. A credit crunch is headed our way. And that's the value side for Friday, October 20. For all of our articles and podcasts, visit valueside.com. I'm David Ravel. ValueSide is independently written and researched. The views expressed are strictly my own.